With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I heard an old, old story. How a savior came from glory. How he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. I heard about his groaning. Of his precious love to Tony Then I repented of my sins And won the victory Oh, victory in Jesus My Savior forever He sought me and bought me With his redeeming blood He loved me ere I knew him And all Hi, welcome to Blog Talk Radio, Overcoming Life Obstacles. You're listening to Jerry McGee. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be teaching principles of the overcoming life on the first and the third Tuesdays of each month from 6 to 8 p.m. Central Time. We hope you'll listen in. And um, if you'd like to write me, you can write me at Post Office Box 1141, Lindale, Texas, 75771. You can email me at jerrymcgee at sbcglobal.net. That's G like George, E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E at sbcglobal.net. If you'd like prayer at the end of the message, you can call in at 646-595-4784. And don't forget to press 1. And uh, at the end of the program, um, I will tell you uh, about my website and where I'll be. Go to my website, which is jerrymcgee.com, and all little letters, G uh, G like George, E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E.com. There's lots of free CDs to listen to and a lot of articles you can print out, and you can um, enroll in my email. I try to send out daily thoughts of encouragement that gets sent out about once a week or every week and a half, depending on how busy I am. But I try to make them short and maybe just a little insight or something that will help you live an overcoming life. Basically, uh, the teachings really come out of God teaching me how to live the overcoming life. And I'm still not there yet. I don't uh, want to come across like I've arrived because I haven't. I'm still overcoming. But God has taught me principles over the years that really have helped me and Many, many other people live an overcoming life. And so to, but tonight I want to teach on the secret to manifesting God's power, and that is in dying to ourself. You know, Paul said he died daily. You know, it's a moment-by-moment moment thing. It's not a positionally we died when Jesus died on the cross, if we're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
but we have to moment by moment reckon ourselves dead to our flesh or ourself so that the life of Jesus can come through. When we die to ourselves, it's the character and nature of Jesus that's produced in us, which is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control. And it's his character and nature that's being produced in us. Paul said in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And I, and, and I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You know, sometimes we don't think we have enough faith, and it seems like we don't, but God said we just have to have the faith of a mustard seed. But if we're dead to ourselves, then the character and nature of Jesus comes through, and it's his faith, as Paul said in Galatians 2.20, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, is his faith enough? Is his love enough? Is his joy enough? Is his long-suffering enough? Is his goodness enough? His meekness? You know, Jesus is everything you and I aren't. And when we live after the flesh, Galatians 5.19 says that if we live after the flesh, and it lists the whole things, that a lot of different things that, um, that are a work of the flesh, says if we practice the deeds of the flesh, we'll not live. Now, to die to yourself doesn't mean you go out and commit suicide. It means that you choose God's way over your way, his plan over your plan, his word over your word, his thoughts over your thoughts, his over your attitudes. And Paul said he died daily. Um, you know, some of you have never heard the term die to your flesh. Others of you have heard it but refused to do it. And then others of you are are working it, working on it like I'm working on it. It's not, you know, when I put this message together, I thought, oh, dear Lord, thank you for showing me so many ways that I haven't been dead to my, myself. It's a process, and uh, it's not a one-time uh, choosing. Well, it is. You, you, you choose. When, you, when you're born again, you choose to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow the Lord. But it's a moment-by-moment thing. Paul said he buffeted his body. And made it made it his slave. You know, when a person dies, he no longer exists. Uh, so the essence of death is the absence of life. And therefore, when we die, one excessive—I'm I'm, sorry—one ceases to exist. So when someone dies spiritually to self, um, he ceases to exist because he's he has allowing God to live his life out through him. And so that is when we die to ourselves or when we come to Christ, self should no longer be the reason for our, our existence. So no longer do we live to please ourselves, but we, we live to please God. And we have to die to ourselves in order for Christ to, to live his life through us. We have to die to ourselves for the rec- resurrected, uh, dynamous power, the resurrection life of Jesus to come through. When we die to ourselves, the resurrected life of Jesus comes through, and it's his mighty power that is manifested in our lives. Second uh, Corinthians chapter um, chapter 4-7, four, four, I think, and I'm going to have to get this off my phone and read it. Hang on just a second here. 
it says in in um well it didn't come through well i'm just going to paraphrase it because i thought maybe it'll still come through i had to email myself so Here it is. But we in in Second Corinthians four verse seven it says, "But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, vessels, the excellency of the power, so that the excellency of the power may not be from us, but of God. We are we are troubled on every side, but not the not distressed. We are perplexed." but not in despair. We're forsaken, but not destroyed. Now, why? how could Paul say that he was distressed, troubled, perplexed, and it really wasn't getting to him? Because he goes on to say, always, bear, always caring about in the body the dying of Jesus so that the life of Jesus might be manifested in my mortal flesh. And the word manifested means made actual, exposed to view. So when I do that, when I carry about the, in my body the dying of Jesus so that the life of Jesus can come through, that means his manifested power is, is uh, manifested in my life and he, it's made actual and it's exposed to view for people to see. And basically when we do that, the glory of God's all over. You know, there's people that think they can go to a, a, a meeting that advertises, come and get God's glory. You can't get God's glory at a meeting. You get God's glory as you yield your life to him. And the individual who dies to self understands that God has a plan and wants to use him, that uh, he is a part of God's plan for the world. Uh, It should be the desire of every born-again believer to be God's servant. Um, I think the greatest desire that I have in my whole life, more than any desire, is that I fulfill the purpose of my creation. You know, most people live their life in this nasty, now-and-now world with a temporal mindset. It's like their plans, what they think, uh, what they want, and I've been been through all of that myself, so I'm not um, claiming that I have arrived because I certainly haven't. I saw so many areas of my life when when God was giving me this message, and so... Uh, but I'm going to be more aware of dying to to self in the future. But the greatest desire that I have is that I fulfill God's purpose for me on this earth. And, you know, God has a purpose for you. The scripture says you're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus under good works that he's prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. And that's in 1 Corinthians chapter, uh, I'm sorry, that's Ephesians 2, uh, 2.10. You are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus under good works that he has prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. So when your thought, when your, when the sperm of your father connected with the egg of your mother, uh, God had a plan. He already knew exactly what he wanted you to do in this world. And most people go through this life with a temporal mindset, a temporal value system, and not with an, an eternal mindset. My son and I were talking a few um, yesterday, and uh, our goal in life should be to uh, for eternity because here is just temporal. It is just for a few short years we spend on this earth, but eternity is forever and ever and ever and ever. 
And whatever we do, whatever works we do, whatever we teach, if we're a preacher or a teacher, a Bible teacher, if we're just a a born-again believer or or just a housewife or whatever we are, only what we do as we're submitted and dead to the flesh so that the life of Christ can come through, everything else is wood, hand, stubble. God does not accept any work that's not him flowing through our lives. And so... I don't want wood, hay, and stubble. And I, I, as I look back on my life, I know there's been wood, hay, and stubble. But I want every day to get better. And I want to change from glory to glory and be more like Jesus every day. And I've got a long way to go, and I know you do too. But it should be uh, every person's desire to fulfill the purpose that God has for him. You know, we just want to, uh, we spend our life maybe being couch potatoes and being fruitless Christians and God saved us that we might bear good fruit for him that was the purpose of him saving us Jesus said by this is my father glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples you know personally I believe the Bible teaches that only disciples get to heaven because Jesus I mean because it says in Acts that the disciples were first called Christians at Antioch You know, a disciple is a person that lets God discipline them. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews that God disciplines every son whom he loves. And he tells us in John 15, uh, by this, bearing fruit is my father glorified. And it's talking about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's talking about the character and nature of Jesus being manifested, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. It also says in John 15 that if you don't bear fruit, you're cut off as a branch and destroyed. It also says in John 15 that you did, Jesus said, you didn't choose me, but I chose you that you might go and bear fruit. So that was the purpose of him choosing us. So how can we say that if we're not producing fruit, we're going to be cut off, be cut off and destroyed? Jesus said in John 15 also, you're my friends if you do what I say. And so all of us, are a work in progress, every last one of us. But Jesus said we have to bear fruit. Uh, that's the essence of God's plan, that he saved us that we might bear fruit. And we're his workmanship. In other words, before you were born, God even had the plan. He laid out a plan for your life. And the question I want to ask you, are you following God's plan right now? Has your life taken a turn Uh, toward God to live your life for him or have you been living your own life as as a so-called believer calling yourself a Christian but have you been fruitless you know I've said this before many many times sometimes a person is put in the hospital and they're given a death sentence the doctor says you only have six months to live it possibly could be because God has allowed you to be cut off and the question I would ask you if that's you if he, if he healed you, would you go back to being a cow, uh, 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 would you go back to being a person that is fruitless? Or would you change? You know, my mother was born again when she, in 1978, when she had cancer and she was put in the hospital. She had ovarian cancer. And she said, Jerry, I don't think if I died, I'd go to heaven. And I, I stayed with my mother and I led her to the Lord. And the rest of her years was fruitful for the Lord. You don't have to be in the ministry to bear fruit. You have to, in fact, many ministers don't bear good fruit. And so 
we don't want to be like that. We want to be a person that that when we stand before the Lord, he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. I can't think of anything that would be more terrible besides going to hell than to stand before the Lord and him say, you missed what purpose I had you on this earth for. So the question I want to ask you, has your life produced good fruit? Have you been wasting your years? There's a scripture that says in Psalms, teach me, O God, to number my days that I might present to you a heart of wisdom. But let's just pretend. Now, when you die to yourself, or another way of saying it is die to your flesh, when you die to yourself and the resurrected life of the Lord Jesus comes through your life and is manifested and you have love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control, which is not you, it's his character and nature, and suppose you die to yourself and the life of Christ is coming through you. But let's just pretend you're a person who feels like you're, you're not equipped, you're not smart enough, um, you can't do it, you're not up to the, to the part, you're not up to it, um, you're not equipped, you're not um, educated enough, you don't, you're not socially whatever, which is a bunch of garbage. We should not even be interested in social status. We ought to be interested in how God sees us. Or we think that we're not educated enough or uh, we're, we're too slow or we're this or we're that or we don't have enough money. Just, let's just pretend that you're that person. Well, if Christ is coming through your life, are, is he enough? It's his power. It's his strength. It's his miracles that he works. He's the healer, the deliverer, the doctor. He's everything you and I aren't. And so we can just get over the fact that we think we're, uh, we have a, a poor self-image. Well, we, all of us, we're just, without Christ, we're nothing. That's why Paul said, for me to live is Christ and die is gain. And we bear fruit when we uh, let Christ live his life through us. The Apostle Paul said in Philippians 1.21, and I just quoted this, for me to live is Christ, Christ and die is gain. And Lord wants us to live godly uh, lives and be spiritually productive um, because that's the key to happiness. Happy is the man and woman who puts their trust in the Lord. John twelve twenty four, Jesus said, "Unless a, a give, if you give up your life, you find it. You hold on to your life and you lose it." You know, we might think, "Well, you know, dying to myself means I'm just going to have a terrible life." Well, God just tells us in John twelve, "Give up your life and you'll find it. Hang on to it and you'll lose it." Also in John 12, he goes on to say, unless a grain of wheat, and he's likening this to us. He said, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground, and you know you know, in the parable in Matthew 13 where he talks about the wheat and the tares? So now he's talking about a believer. So unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. There you see loneliness and rejection. But if it dies, it produces much fruit, the character and nature of Jesus. You know, when you plant a, say you plant a, a kernel of corn in the soil and it's the, the kernel of corn has a heart outside, plant it in the soil and the moisture in the, in the soil corrodes the outward shell of that corn 
and then the life in that corn springs forth. And so God's telling us in John 12 that when we die to ourselves, then the life of Christ is produced in us and we produce much fruit. John 15 says, abide in me and you'll produce much fruit. Ephesians 4.22 says that in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit, and put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God, has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. What is self? It's the essential being of a person that distinguishes I'm sorry, distinguishes him, him from other people. Basically, uh, it's who we are apart from Christ. Dying to self means I choose to put self aside and choose God's way over my way. How do I know God's way? You know, if I don't know God's word, if I'm not in God's word, I can't hear God. God never tells me anything that contradicts his word. Jesus is the word of God. John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father. The scripture says in Psalms 107, he sent his word to heal you because Jesus is the word. And if I'm a professing Christian and I'm not in the word of God, how in the world am I ever going to hear his voice? Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and they obey me and they'll not follow the voice of a stranger. Jesus will never tell you anything that contradicts his word, never. And so that's why it's so important for us to be people that, that um, are people of the word. And not just being in the word. We have to have a personal, intimate relationship with God. I want to tell you something, too. If you didn't have a personal, intimate relationship with your parents, then you've received a lie that God's the same way, that you can't have a personal relationship with Jesus. A few days ago, uh, I led a man to the Lord. And and this man, he started telling me, precious, precious man. He smoked like... um, Uh, like a fire stack, and uh, he started telling me that his daddy, uh, he never knew his daddy, so he's an illegitimate child, and illegitimate children are born with a root of rejection, shame, rebellion, because they're conceived in rebellion, lust, because they're conceived in lust. But this root of rejection affects their life. You know, fear of man, fear of not being accepted, fear of being rejected, fear of not being loved, just hundreds of fears go with this. But anyway, he told me that his daddy, he never knew his daddy, and his mother didn't want him, and she just gave him away. And and what started this conversation is I asked him if he'd ever given his heart to the Lord, and he said, no, I don't think God wants me. You see where that came in? Nobody wanted him growing up. It's so important how a, how a child is trained up. If you're listening and you have children, every place you violate the word of God in training up your child, he's going to have an anger issue or a hurt issue. And parents, teach your children not to let the sun go down on their anger because it gives them a a foothold to the devil. But parents model for us a picture of what God's like. And so this man's perception of God was determined by how he grew up. Nobody ever wanted him. He had been abused his whole life. But praise God, the man received Jesus, and I broke the power of those lies that he had received. I led him in repentance of 
to forgive his parents for not being there for him. And this man's whole power of God was so powerful on this man that that his whole countenance changed. And so pray for this man. You don't have to know his name, but pray for him that he'll be an overcomer. And I'm going to call him and check on him in a few days and see how he's doing. So it's so important to know what God's word says. God is nothing like your mother and father. God is perfect. Uh, the scripture says there is a narrow way that leads to eternal life and few there be that find it. And you know, there's teachers and preachers and false prophets that teach that at the end of the world, there's going to be a great revival and two thirds of the world's going to be saved. We see that's, that's heresy. That's an error because Jesus said there's a narrow way that leads to eternal life and few there be that find it. And if you don't know God's word, you, you'll have no discernment to know if it's the devil or if it's God. Hebrews 12 says, Without holiness, no man will see the Lord. Some people think to be holy, they have to keep a bunch of rules and regulations. But I can explain it this way. Uh, Just say, you know, God's a potter. That's what the word says. He's a potter. If you've ever watched a potter work, a potter does all the the work. Is that correct? Uh, He would take the, if there was, you know, in the olden days, the clay would have rocks and sticks and grass in it. In the olden days, the potter would have to take the, the grass, the roots, the rocks, the sticks out. Nowadays, the clay's purified when you buy it. But let's just say that uh, God's the potter, and we're the clay, and we're full of junk, all of us. And so when I yield to the potter, when I die to myself, it takes dying to myself in order, which is abiding in Christ, which to be under God's authority, the potter, it's the potter that takes the junk out. He takes the trash out. He's the one that shapes me, molds me, makes me um, like, you know, a potter will beat the bubbles out. And that's what he's doing in a lot of our lives is beating the bubbles out. Or, you know, the scripture says he's coming for a pure bride without spot or wrinkle. He's, he's ironing out a lot of wrinkles. So when we come under his control through dying to ourself, um, then we are abiding in Christ. And other words for that is to present your body to God as a living sacrifice, uh, walk in the spirit, give up your life that you might find it. You know, when I give up my life to the potter, uh, if I had mother, a mother and father that were abusive, it takes, uh, it takes, a, 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 it takes a, a faith for me to yield to a God that, that I think is abusive like my mother and father. So uh, to abide in Christ means that I stay under God's authority. But a person that is legalistic, they think they have to turn the potter's wheel. And the only place, the only place, and that's a work of the flesh, and God doesn't accept works of the flesh. And that's a person that's legalistic or performance-oriented. You know, a lot of times if you were trained up to be a performer, then you get saved and you think God expects you to perform. And God doesn't expect you to perform. He wants you to He wants you to rest on the potter's wheel. Another way of saying being on the potter's wheel, where Jesus said in Matthew 11, "Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest." Now the clay's resting on the potter's wheel. Is that correct? I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon your neck and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble, and you shall find rest for your soul. For my burden is light and my load is easy. And so when I, when I come under God's yoke, I'm dying. I have to die to myself to do that. So that's another word for just being on the potter's wheel. 
so question I want to ask, are you trying to turn the potter's wheel to be holy? Are you trying to do it yourself? You know, we all have this holy list. You know, I used to think that to be holy, I had to read the Bible an hour a day. I had to, to, um, I had to, to um, pray an hour a day. I had to go to church. I had to tithe. Now, all of those things are good things. I do those things for a different reason. I don't do them to be holy. I do them because I want to please God. There's a difference. But I used to do them thinking that I had to be holy. To be holy, I had to do these things. So basically, I was just turning the potter's wheel. You know, on the days that I kept my, and, and I'm going to tell you, I was so disciplined that I would keep, I would check those things off every day. And and um, if I missed one day doing my holy thing, I, I felt like a worm all day. And, you know, I used to know, you know, I am so self-righteous, but I didn't know why. You see, I was basing my righteousness on what I did for God instead of on what he did for me. He's the potter. I'm the clay. The clay does one thing, and that's rest on the potter's wheel, die. Come under his control, all words for, for just giving up to God, letting go of your life. The clay does one thing, and that's rest on the potter's wheel. The potter does everything else. You see, that's the difference, abiding in, the difference between abiding in Christ and being legalistic and performance-oriented. But I kept my holy list thinking that this was my, this, I had to do these holy things to be holy, and I did all those things. But if I missed one day, I felt like, I just felt like warm, but I felt terrible. But I knew I was self-righteous, and I didn't know why I was self-righteous, but I would think that, you know, you're just self-righteous. And then one day I heard a message by a, by a great man of God named Peter Lord out of Florida. I don't know if he's still alive or not. This is 2018, but this was way back in 1972. But the title of the message was Turkeys and Eagles. Are you a turkey or an eagle? And, of course, turkeys look up at the sky and they drown when it rains. They're pretty stupid people, but eagles fly and soar and are victorious. But um, he he said, if you could if you could determine how righteous uh, are you between one and ten, how righteous would you say you were? And boy, because I did my holy list, I said I I thought well I'm a ten. But you see, if I would have said I was a one, I still would be self righteous. Because I would be basing my righteousness on what, for God, instead of what he did through me. The only thing that he accepts is what he does through me as I die to myself. He wants to do it. And so if you're a person that's trying to turn the potter's wheel, you're in rebellion. You're illegalistic. And you may not want to be. You know, there's people that want to come to God, but they think he's like mom and dad. And God don't want him like this precious man that I prayed for day before yesterday but God's not like your mother and father and so if I want if I don't go because I think I can't go I'm still in rebellion and so just know that God loves you if you knew how much God loved you you would run and jump in his lap and so everybody has their own set of ideas of what they have to do to be holy especially if they grew up uh, in a performance in performance orientation if their parents expected them to be perfect so when i died on myself and i said this before the character and jesus nature of jesus is produced jesus said if anyone with any man would come after me let him deny him take up his cross and follow me 
years ago I was teaching a meeting out in California and um, there was probably a couple of hundred people there and uh, I was teaching on how to be born again and then later on I said to the Lord I said Lord you know I know that all those people thought they were born again but I know most of them weren't how do I teach people how to be born again and he said teach them to deny their self and take up their cross and follow me now, Derek Prince says your cross is not your mother-in-law, not your father-in-law, not your husband, not your wife, not your children, not your bills. But your cross is any place your will crosses God's will. And if you don't know God's word, how will you know what his will is? Romans 12:1 says, present your body to God as a living sacrifice and be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove that perfect and holy and acceptable will of God. So one of the good things about presenting your body to God as a living sacrifice, um, your mind will be changed. So if you've got mental problems, you'll be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and that's only going to come through presenting your body to God as a living sacrifice. When I die to myself, I'm putting my flesh aside. And so flesh is that earthly part of man representing lust and desires. Among them, and Ephesians 2, 3 says, among them we all formerly walked in the lust of the flesh of our own flesh, indulging in the deeds of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature a children, a children of wrath, even as the rest. The flesh is that part of me which is inclined to sin. Uh, in the Greek, flesh is human nature with its frailties and passions. It is the earthly part of man apart from divine influence and therefore prone to sin and opposed to God. Accordingly, it includes whatever in the soul, that's your mind, will, and emotions, that is weak, low, debased, tending toward ungodliness and vice. The flesh signifies the nature of man, his sense and reason without the Holy Spirit. The flesh is contrary to the Spirit. Galatians 5.17 says, For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh, for they are in opposition to one another so that you cannot do what you please. You know, there's teachers, I believe, thank God for his grace, or we'd all be killed. But there are teachers that teach that you can do what you want if you, after you pray the prayer to receive Jesus, and that's heresy. And you cannot do as you please. The scripture says that those that are in the flesh cannot please God, Romans 8, 8. So that's, if we're in the flesh, it's wood, hay, and stubble. And those in the flesh cannot please God, it says in Romans 8, 8. Romans 8, 13 says, Walk in the spirit, and the way we walk in the spirit is to die to ourself or die to flesh. Walk in the spirit. If you're living, a car, it says walk in the spirit. Well, let me back up. It says sons of God are led by the spirit of God. It goes on to say, uh, if you're living according to the flesh, you'll die. But if by the spirit you're putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live goes on to say, for we've not received the spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but we've received the spirit whereby we cry out, Abba, Father. 
So if you're walking in the flesh, you your life is dominated by a spirit of fear, which is the opposite of faith. You're under a, a yoke of slavery. There's lots of people that think they're they're walking in the spirit, but their life is dominated by a spirit of fear. You see, fear leaves when I die to my, myself because it's the life of the faith of Jesus that's being manifested when I die to my flesh. If we're alive to ourselves, or if we're living in sin or we're living after the flesh, we are consciously or unconsciously saying, I renounce the God who made me and disallow his rights to govern me. I care not what he says to me, what commandments he has given me, or how he expostulates or protests earnestly or tries to reason with me. I prefer self-indulgence to his approval. I am indifferent to all that he has done in and for me. His blessings and gifts move me not. I'm going to be Lord over myself. Now, when I live after the flesh or live after myself, unconsciously or consciously, that's what I'm saying. And, you know, this could be the reason why you don't hear God. If if God spoke to you, would you listen to him? Would you lay aside your pride and your own ideas and your own intellect to do what he says? That could be a reason. You know, Jesus said in in, uh, Romans 8, you don't hear me because you're not of God. If you're of God, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and they obey me and they'll not follow follow the voice of a stranger. And this just leads me to, uh, you know, ask you the question, have you been born again? If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away, and behold, all things become new. If you're listening and you've never given your heart to Jesus, or maybe you have given your heart to Jesus, but you don't have assurance of your salvation. You can't cast out the flesh. You've got to die to your flesh and cast demons out. So what does it mean to offer up your body to God as a living sacrifice? It means to give up your life. In other words, uh, here's some other words for it. Deny yourself means totally surrendered to him, making him Lord and master. Choose his way over your own way. Say to your plans and your ideas and your purposes, set them aside. Say no to those things. Submit your, your way to his will, your will to his will. A good prayer to pray is, Lord, I present my body to you as a living sacrifice. I offer up to you my members as instruments of righteousness. I give you my will, Lord, that your will might prevail. Every time you and I say no to our flesh uh, and yes to God, we're offering up God, offering up to God a sacrifice. David said in 1 Samuel 24:24, and um, I'm, I'm just going to paraphrase that he, he, David said he would not give. He would not offer anything up as a sacrifice to the Lord that cost him nothing. My flesh suffers when I choose to forgive. My flesh suffers when I choose to love people that are not very lovable. My flesh suffers when God says, hey, I want you to give financially. I want you to give to this person. God loves a cheerful giver, but my flesh suffers sometimes when God tells you to do something like that, you don't want to do it. My flesh suffers when I say no to that extra piece of pie or a pie or uh, my flesh suffers when I say no to eating too much food. 
My flesh suffers when I say no to my addictions, my cigarettes, my my um, lust for pornography or things when I say no. So that's what it means for uh, for the saints to suffer. It tells me in First First Timothy four one, arm yourself with the same purpose. For as Christ suffered in the flesh, for you suffer. For in suffering, sin loses its power. I remember when my grandson was about nine, I went to one of his soccer games and I took him to Chili's afterwards. And Chili's, for those of you who are listening worldwide, Chili's is a restaurant uh, in the United States that has hamburgers and they have this. Dessert called a chocolate molten, and if you've never had one, they're just wonderful. But anyway, my grandson got a chocolate molten, and the Lord told me that I couldn't have it. And I told my grandson, I said, oh, David, my flesh is suffering. I want that so bad. And he said, grandmother, if I wasn't eating this, my flesh would be suffering. Anyway, it suffers when we say no. But I can tell you, when you choose to say no, and I guess the Lord taught me this through food, and not that I've overcome, but when I say no to my flesh and I give my food to God as a sacrifice, I lose weight. And basically, that's been the only way that I could do it is just to, when the ice cream is calling me from the freezer, quickly to say, Lord, I give that to you as a sacrifice. And so... That's been how I've lost weight these past years, these past five or six years. But the Lord told me one day I was making myself chicken fajitas, and I wanted three, but the Lord said I could only have two. And so I obeyed the Lord. And, you know, a minute later, I didn't even want it. My flesh suffered, and just until I said no a minute. And it's kind of like this. Whenever I say no, another law takes over, which is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, which sets me free from the law of sin and death. It's kind of like if you're ever, if you've ever flown in an airplane, which most of you probably have, when the plane's taken off, leaving the, leaving the force of gravity, it sounds like every screw in that plane is going to fly out of the plane or the plane's going to fall apart. But the minute the plane reaches another level, another law, which is the law of aerodynamics, upward. And so the minute when we're suffering, it's like that plane taking off, the law of gravity is trying to pull it down. But the minute we say no, this other law takes over and we soar and we don't even want it. A minute later, I didn't even want it. And so when we choose death, we really are experiencing life. It's a sacrifice for us to discipline our body and read the Bible and spend time with God. Some of you have experienced what I've experienced. Being with God is the only peace you can have sometimes is to get along with God. When something's troubling you, just go to God with it. Be in God's presence. Know him personally. God wants us to live under his control and not under the control of demons. It takes a sacrifice to produce fruit the fruit of the spirit and here's just a few reasons why we must uh give must be a, a living sacrifice to god is that i produce fruit when i do this there's no law uh when my life is producing love joy peace long suffering gentleness goodness faith meekness, self-control there's no law there is a law when my life is producing the flesh and i can illustrate it this way in, your, in our physical laws of the land, there's a judge, there's, a, a, there's an officer, and there's a prison. Well, in God's economy, God's the judge, the officer's the demon power, and then there's a spiritual prison that we go into. 
There's no law, but there is a law if we're, if our life is not producing the the fruit of the Holy Spirit. If you drive through your town, wherever you live, and you obey the speed laws, you're not under the speed laws of that town, but you break the law and you come back under the laws of the town. So it's the same with God. You break God's law, you be a lawbreaker, then you break covenant with the Lord, and you become a lawbreaker, and demons are executors of the law. Now, people don't want to hear that, but I can show you the scripture says that the man's ways please the Lord, makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Psalms 41.10, I know God is pleased with me when my enemy does not shout triumph over me. And there's other scriptures. But, um, but people have demon problems because of sin. There's always sin behind the demons. Now, if you're just being attacked by the demons, just rebuke them. You rebuke it, uh, do warfare, tell it to go. And if it doesn't go, then begin to look for the spiritual root to why. Always ask God, God why, 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 not because you're questioning him, but because you want to know what he wants you to do. And so also when I'm, when I'm dead to myself or my flesh, I'll not uh, fulfill the lust of the flesh. Sin loses its power over me, First Peter 4, 1. I'll be producing much fruit, and I'll keep covenant with him. The law is, uh, the Old Testament law was that you had to keep the letter of the law. In the New Testament, Jesus said the whole law is fulfilled when you love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your body, all your spirit, and your neighbor as yourself. And so that fulfills all of God's law when we walk in love t- toward God and toward our fellow man. But when we, whenever we don't walk in love, we break covenant with the Lord. When we're alive to our flesh, we break covenant. When we're alive to ourselves. Hebrews 9:17 says, For a covenant is valid only when, when men are dead, for it's never enforced while the one who made it lives. And will be sanctified and made holy. When you're when you're forgotten or neglected or purposely set at naught, and you don't sting and hurt with the insult, but you your heart is happy, being considered to are worthy to suffer for Christ. That's dying to to self. When your good is evil spoken of, or when you, you your wishes are crossed. Your advice disregarded, your opinion ridiculed, and you refuse to get angry, or you don't try to defend yourself, but you take it patiently in loving silence, that's dying to self. When you lovingly and patiently bear any disorder, any irregularity, any annoyance, when you stand face to face with waste, folly, extravagance, spiritual irresponsibility, and endure it as Jesus endured it, that's dying to self. When you're content with any food, any offering, any climate, any society, any raiment, any interruption by the will of God, that's dying to self. When you, when you never care to refer to yourself in conversation, or record your own good words, or itch after commendations, but you truly love to be unknown, that is dying to self. When you can see your brother prosper 
and have his needs met and can honestly rejoice with him in spirit and feel no envy or question God while your own needs are far greater and desperate and your circumstances desperate, that's dying to self. When you can receive correction and reproof from one of less stature than yours and can humbly submit inwardly as we as well as outwardly, finding no rebellion or resentment rising up within your heart, that's dying to self. And so, you know, the question I want to ask after reading that, and this was very convicting to me, as it should be to you, the question is, are you dead? Are you alive? Are, are you uh, submitting yourself to God in such a way that you're dead to yourself? It's a choice. Philippians 3.10 says that I may know him being made conformable into his image. Dying to self means to be alive in the spirit. Basically, it's to be alive and, and be enjoying all of God's power, his blessings. And so if you're listening in and you can agree with me, if you'll pray with me, I'll take you through deliverance and then um, give people some time to call in and anybody that needs prayer. If you want prayer, when I get through here, uh, you can call 646-595-4700. Eight, four, and don't forget to press 1. And so pray with me if you can agree. Father, I present my body to you as a living sacrifice. I offer up to you my members as instruments of righteousness. I give you my will that your will might prevail. Father, uh, in Jesus' name, forgive me for living after my flesh. Forgive me for not being willing to present my body to you as a living sacrifice Forgive me for trying to turn the potter's wheel Forgive me for thinking that you want me To do it myself And Lord I thank you that the precious Blood that's spilled out is the perfect Blood of Jesus spilled out on that Altar and Lord I'm a Defective sacrifice but I Thank you that your job is to Clean me up and my job Is just yield that's all you Expect from me Lord is to continue to Yield my life to you Lord, forgive me for anger and for fear of letting go. Forgive me for not being willing to give up my life that I might find it. God, forgive me for not fulfilling your plan. Forgive me for living for temporal, a temporal value system instead of eternal mindset. Father, give me an eternal mindset. Cause me to see that I should be living for eternity, not for now, the nasty now and now. Forgive me for not surrendering to you. I surrender now. I choose this day, Lord. To follow you I submit to you I choose to walk in the spirit Forgive me for not wanting my flesh to suffer Forgive me for giving you impure sacrifices Forgive me for not buffeting in my body And making it my slave Forgive me that I've been a slave to my body Forgive me Lord I forgive every person That you've shown me that has hurt me Forgive me for not being a cheerful giver Forgive me for Lord For um, not saying no to my addictions. Forgive me for not loving people that, that are lovely. Lord, forgive me for wanting my own pleasure. Forgive me for not disciplining myself for the purpose of godliness. 
Forgive me for living out of control. Lord, I choose to arm myself with the same purpose that as you suffered in the flesh. Lord, I choose to suffer in the flesh. And Lord, I pray that when my flesh is roaring and alive, that you'll remind me and I'll repent. Forgive me for breaking covenant with you. And Lord, in Jesus' name, if I've never been born again, I invite your Holy Spirit to possess my body, drive out every demon power. Lord, I pray that you'll cause me to be able to stay with Paul. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Forgive me for being that person that feels like they're inadequate, ill-equipped, not able, not smart enough, not good enough, uh, not educated enough, not socially prominent enough. Forgive me for thinking because I I don't have enough money that I can't uh, be your servant. Lord, forgive me for trying to do it myself and thinking it's what I do instead of what you do. Give me a revelation of that, Lord. Cause me to forgive me for feeling inferior and unworthy when I have you, Lord, the King of Kings, living in me. Father, in the name of Jesus, help me to die to me so that the King of Kings can live through me. And, Lord, I thank you that you're more than enough. You're more than adequate. Thank you that you're so, you're so smart. You're the smartest uh, person. There's no one smarter or greater than you, God. Thank you that you're everything I need and everything I'm not. Thank you that you enable me to be what you want me to be. Thank you that you enable me to serve you. And, Lord, I pray for the rest of my life I'll be able to serve you, that when I stand before you, Lord, you'll say to me, well done, my good and faithful servant. And, Lord, I just praise you for dying on the cross for my sin. I receive you today as my Savior, Lord, healer, and deliverer in the name of Jesus. And I just command every demonic spirit to leave. I command rebellion to go, fear of giving up, fear of letting go. I command you to go. I command rebellion, antichrist spirits to go. I command shame to go in the name of Jesus. I command every spirit of lies and lying and unbelief and doubt, fear that God's going to do something. I command the spirit of fear that if I give up my life, God's going to make me do something that I really hate in the name of Jesus. Father, your word says that the joy of the Lord is my strength. Thank you, Lord. Enable me to be everything you want me to be in Jesus' name. And I command every evil spirit to leave, every spirit that came in through living after the flesh, I command you to leave now in Jesus' name. I break your power in the mighty name of Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Take a deep breath, blow out, and give Jesus a praise. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus, for your resurrected life flowing through me. Holy Spirit, flow through me. Holy Spirit, I ask you to move upon every person, fall upon every person who's listening in tonight, today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, that this day, February the 20th, 2018, that you're the King and the Lord of my life in Jesus' name. Now manifest yourself in me. Give yourself glory, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'll tell you a little bit while we're waiting to see if anyone wants prayer. I'll tell you a little bit about Abiding Life Ministries. It was founded in 1972 by my late husband. And um, we appreciate you listening in.
you can go to my website, jerrymcgee.com, and that's all lowercase, G-E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E.com. It'll take you to my website. There's many um, many free CDs you can listen to. I just did uh, this message uh, last weekend at Lake Hamilton Bible Camp. Anyway, on my website, you can see my son's uh, testimony. It was made 13 days before he died of AIDS. Praise God, he's in heaven. There's free articles that you can print out, and I would just uh, bring to your um, attention a book I wrote called Clearing the Land. And in that book, uh, in 1985, I wrote the book. It's in Spanish, and it's also in uh I believe it's, I was told it was done in Russian, but I've never got the copy of it. But you can go through that book. It, it lists all the curses in the Bible, shows you how to break them, prayers to break them. But you can order that on my website. Also a book that I wrote called Resetting Life's Negative Reaping Patterns. And in that book, it shows you how to break a negative reaping cycle. You know, we all have things to reap good and bad but it shows you how to take the bad reaping and change it to good reaping. There's another book I wrote on grief, Exchanging Sorrow for Joy. There's little booklets I wrote, and I also wrote one on drunkenness because that's uh, permeated the the church in many, many places where people are spiritually drunk. And in that book, I, I use every scripture in the Bible of drunk, drunken, sober, alert, and there's not one place that tells you to be drunk in the spirit. That's basically, it's a judgment that God sends on the spiritual adulterer or the spiritual harlot. Spiritual adulterer or a spiritual harlot is a person that's prayed the prayer to receive Jesus, but their heart lives after the flesh. And God mixes, mixes up a cup of his wrath and he makes the harlot drink. And so, this message came out of a word study I did years ago called Harlotry Wine and New Wine, Take Away the Understanding. And uh, I saw in that teaching through that word study that God gives the harlot the cup of the wine of his wrath that makes her drunk. So it's not a blessing. It's really a curse. I've been encouraged to promote that book because I had some people in uh, Louisiana tell me that I needed to mention it more. If you'd like to give a gift, there's a place where you can send an offering. There's a place also that you can sign up for my emails, my daily thoughts of encouragement, a place to sign up for email. And if you sign up, I always will send out a flyer of when I'm going to be on the radio or where I'm going to be. I'm going to be in Duncanville. I mean, in Duncanville, yes, um, in in March, the first the first Saturday in March. And that is, let me see what day that is. The first Saturday in March is March March the 3rd. I'll be at the Hilton Garden Inns located on exit, uh, I think it's 362, but it's, a, it's the main street exit off of Interstate 20 in Duncanville. And the Hilton Garden Inns is right there on the corner of Interstate 20 and Main Street. And uh, we meet at 10 o'clock, and it's over about 12.30 or 1, but also, I'll also pray personally for anyone that wants prayer. It's free to attend. And we're in the – like if you go – uh-huh. 
Yes, ma'am. We do have a caller. Okay. Let um, me just... Uh, area code 416, go ahead. Hello. Hello, how can I help you? Hi, I'm calling in for prayer, please. Okay, what do you need God prayer God. for? Um, I'm having dreams um, of my late mother. It, it, it hasn't been the first one. Um, I have them on and off. She's been gone for three years, and, um, yeah, and, and I'm just wondering why, uh, like, why. Did she cremate, was she cremated? No, no, she's, okay. uh, she was put in a mausoleum. Okay, okay, let me ask you a question. Have you tried to talk to her since she died? No, uh, no, um, the first year that she passed, I maybe went to the mausoleum once or t- twice because of the pe- Catholic background, but then I just I just stopped doing that because I knew it wasn't right. Um, but no, I, I've done, I don't, you know, relatives just bring up the anniversary all the time. It's just what they do as Catholics, and I just, I moved away from that, you know, but mm-hmm. um, she still you- comes in my dreams. It, are they terrifying dreams? Are they good dreams? Or um, what do you dream um, about? She seems to always be. Um, she looks very peaceful and, and gentle, um, and uh, just tidying up. There's cleanliness with her. There always was. Um, she seems to be around my older son more. For I don't know why. Um, when you say be around but, your, is she appearing to your your son? No, my my older son seems to be in the dreams as well. When I dream of oh, uh, oh, my I, late I mom, yeah. So I, I and honestly, I, I'm sometimes I fear going to sleep at night, even when I go visit my dad. Um, I don't know if it's familiar spirits. Um, he's not born again. Um, and, and like two or three days after that visit, I just feel like a heavy, a heaviness. And and then my, you know, dreams of my late mom. Well, do the are the dreams troubling dreams? Are they peaceful dreams, or do they do they make you uh, make you afraid, or? What what kind of a woman was your mother? Was she a nice woman or controlling mother? She was a very controlling mother, very controlling partner. Um, she held a lot of resentment and bitterness towards people, and you know a lot of family drama and stuff. So, yeah, but she was very controlling. Uh, okay, how did you feel team. about her? How- how did you feel about her? Was there areas that you needed? Did you resent her? Probably. Okay. Yes. At the well, at the end, I did. At the end, I did. Of you know, the last three four years of her life, I was her caregiver for a long time, and it took a lot out of me. And I mean, you know, fifteen twenty years of caregiving plus two little boys and being a single mom, and I think that. Yeah, of course. I think, yeah, I believe I did resent it. Okay. And, um, That's and, probably and, why you, you know, 
Yes, and 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 my my brother was always the favorite one, you know, I, and that still goes on to this day. And we're like in our late fifties, you know, and it's just I don't know. Things are always triggered all the time. I mean, I love my father. He's eighty four, and I speak to him of the Lord, and I'm, you know, I'm. I, I do, you know, I speak to him about the Bible and Jesus and trying to get through my whole family, actually, you know, because they're very deep into the Catholicism. And, but I just find that when I do go visit him, like once a week, maybe, there's just, I don't know, I, I just, there's a heaviness I come back with all the right. time. Well, sometimes people's houses are oppressive, you know, if they've got a lot of uh, stuff. Yes, absolutely. I believe so. Yes. Okay. Well, I think probably you're dreaming about her because there's a lot of unresolved issues with her. When you when you took care of her when she died, did you touch her after she died? I actually did. You know, um, I actually did. She was in palliative care care at home for three months, and I don't know why. Like I had to call the doctor when you know when she passed, and the nurse said. I spoke to told me to take a picture, hold her hand and take a picture. I don't know why I ever did that. Did you do it? I did do it. And then I Okay. Yeah, I deleted those I would, immediately after. Oh. Did you take but you don't have the picture anymore, right? I don't have it, no, I deleted it. Like, you know Okay, good. The first, okay, yeah, well why don't you just Okay. When demons won't live in a dead body, they'll go to the They'll go to the living, and so if you're touching her, the Bible forbids touching the dead. So why yes. don't you just ask God to um, first of all deal with every pray with me, Lord in Jesus' name. Lord in Jesus' name. I ask for the truth that sets me free. I ask for the truth that sets me free. Father, uh, I forgive my mother. Father, I forgive my mother. For controlling me my whole life. For controlling me my whole life. I forgive her for her abuse toward me when I was caring for her. I forgive her for her abuse when I was caring for her. Yeah, when you were taking care of her, is there any particular times that were real bad or she was mean or... Yes, she was always, like, always... In, in a state like a rejection of, of me, even though I was there, like I said, you know, from 1999 to 2015 for her. And there was always like, it was almost like a hate, you know. Um, I don't know. It was just, yeah. Okay, I well, Lord, I forgive yeah. Okay, just forgive her for everything. Are, are you, um, Dorothy, are you trying to talk to us? Oh, I'm sorry. No, I'll. Mute myself. Oh, that's okay. I, th- I thought maybe you were trying to ask me something. <laughs> okay. Um, so, so, ask. Pray with me, Lord. I ask you to show me. Lord, I ask you to show me everything I need to forgive her for. Everything I need to forgive her for. I forgive my dad for letting her control me. I forgive my dad for letting her control me. And control him. And control him. 
So I want you to think about the negatives of your mother and one by one forgive her for being controlling. I forgive her for being mean. I forgive her for being rejecting, not appreciating, um, not loving me, rejecting me. Just name each thing that you need to forgive her for that the Holy Spirit's bring into your mind. Go ahead, just do it out loud. I forgive her for rejecting me. I forgive her for not showing me love. I forgive her for being bitter towards decisions I made in life that were not right. Forgive her for being a burden to me. I forgive her for being a burden to me. I forgive her for always having expectation of me. That I can never please her. That I can never please her. Forgive her for her being hateful. I forgive her for being hateful. I forgive her for always showing favoritism towards my brother. I forgive her for being bitter towards me, for rejecting me. Forgive her for being impatient. I forgive her for being impatient. I forgive her for showing partiality to my brother and when he didn't take care of her, and I forgive him that he didn't help me take care of her. I forgive her for showing partiality to my brother when he didn't take care of her, and I forgive him. Forgive my mother for being verbally abusive. I forgive my mother for being verbally abusive. Was she physically abusive too when you were in earlier years? No, it was more it was verbal. Lord, I break her yoke off my neck. Lord, I break her yoke off my neck. And Lord, I I Break the vows that I'll never be like her. I break the vows that I'll never be like her. Um, Forgive me for resenting her. Forgive me for resenting her. Being angry at her. Being angry at her. Forgive me for touching her when she was dead. Forgive me for touching her when she was dead. What was her name? Egidia. Egidia? Yes. I forgive her for her Catholicism. I forgive her for her Catholicism. I forgive her that I never could get away from her. Give her that I could never get away from her. I break soul ties with my mother. 
I break soul ties with my mother. And with the Catholic Church? And with the Catholic Church. And with my dad and brother? And with my dad and brother. I cut and sever. I cut and sever. Every cord of control. Every cord of control. Linking their soul and their human spirit. Linking their soul. Linking their soul. And their human spirit. And their human spirit. To me. To me. I call back my soul and spirit from them. I call back my soul and spirit from them. And I send back their souls and their spirits to them. And I send back their souls and spirit to them. I change their image. I change their image. For the image of Christ. For the image of Christ. Now I command the spirit of Egidia out of her now in the name of Jesus. I break her yoke off of my sister's neck. I command you to go. I command the familiar spirit of Egidia, go. All the demons that entered my sister through laying hands on the dead, I break every curse, all the vomit, Lord, cleanse her by the blood of Jesus, all the vomit. I command all the demons of Egidia out in the name of Jesus. I command you to loose her now in the name, power, blood, and by the authority of Jesus' name. I break your power. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. I command fear of her mother. She forgives her mother that she was afraid of her. I command fear of mother. All spirits of fear, lose her now. All I have spirits, come out of her now in the name of Jesus. I break your power over her in the name, power, blood. All spirits that cause her to dream about her mother, get out now in Jesus' name. All spirits of bad dreams, you go now in Jesus' name. You go. All spirits that have stifled this, my sister. All spirits that have suffocated her, smothered her. Spirit of Leviathan that came through Gideon. Go now in Jesus' name. All spirits of Leviathan, come out. All spirits of Semiramis, Samus, come out now. All demons of Catholicism, you come out now in Jesus' name. Worship Mary, worship the Pope. All, spirit, all familiar spirits, worship the saints. Every, every patron saint, come out now. All the spirits who were transferred to my sister through laying hands on her mother. Go now in Jesus' name. All spirits of hatred, you have to go. All spirits of sickness and disease, you have to leave her now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I break the power of death in Jesus' name. I break every word of death, word of iniquity, curse, assignment, satanic ritual, all the words her mother spoke. I pull down, uproot, and pluck them out of my sister in Jesus' name. Loose her now in Jesus' name. Come out of her in the name of Jesus We break your power. We break your power, all fear, fear of man, amen, through her mother. You go now in Jesus' name. Lies, lying in Jesus' name. Fear of her mother, leave now. I break the yoke of her mother in the name of Jesus. Come out of her now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, spirit of death, spirit of infirmity, all spirits of cancer, come out now uh, in Jesus' name. You loose her now in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, whatever her mother died with, those spirits of death, Come out now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Worship the Pope. Worship Mary. And go now. Marilala Street. Go now in Jesus' name. Catholic baptisms. You come out now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Resentment, bitterness, hatred, 
Hostility, simulation, murder, strife. Come out now. Contention, strife. I break your power in the name of Jesus. You come out of her now in Jesus' name. Praise you, Jesus. I command the yoke of her mother to be broken in Jesus' name. Praise you, Lord. Now, Lord, I come under your yoke. Lord, I now come under your yoke. And I lift your hands to heaven. I lift your hands to heaven. I, Lord, I ask you to bring down your yoke from heaven upon her neck and break all bondage to her mother, all unclean spirits, all the falling spirits. Has to leave her now in Jesus' name. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. All unclean spirits that came into her mother, leave her now in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless you, Jesus. Lord, fill me, fill me with love, joy, peace. Yes, Lord. Lord, fill me with love, joy, peace. Lord, fill long me with suffering. love, joy, peace. Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness. Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness. Faith, meekness, Kindness. and self-control. Meekness, self-control. Yes, Lord, yes. praise you, Jesus. Lord, give her a revelation of what it means to God herself. I thank you for my sister, Lord, and her desire to please you. Thank you, Lord. Cleanse her, oh, send your angels to give her a Spiritual shower in the name of Jesus. And Lord, cleanse her house. All the family. Did your mother die in your house? She died in the family home, yes, but I don't reside there anymore. But she did, yes. But you yes. don't live there, right? I don't live there, no, no. She didn't die in your house? No, she did not. Okay. No. Okay, well, praise the Lord. You got some deliverance. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, now if, if you still if you still have the dream, it doesn't mean you didn't get delivered. It means there's just another layer to it or something else you need to see. But I think you got delivered. But if you didn't, call back next time and we'll pray some more. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God bless. God, God bless you. Thank and you. Be sure and email me and tell me what God's done. And those of you who are listening in, we Dorothy and I love to hear testimonies of what God does. So. Email me, email me or email Dorothy. Dorothy, her her email is D like Dorothy Churchy with a Y, uh, number one at hotmail dot com. Okay, the, very good. I we, will praise the Lord. Thank you, Sister Terry. <laughs> God bless you. Thank email you. me and tell me what God's done. I will. I will. Amen. Praise God. And, and anything you have in your house of your mother's, get rid of it. I will do that. Yes, yes, amen. See, when my yes. daddy, when my daddy died, he wore this this black jacket he always wore. And when he died, I wanted his jacket, and I hung it in my closet. And every time I'd go in my closet, I'd want to cry. I had to, I had to get rid of the jacket. Yes, I will do that. I took some of her things, um, but I believe even the Lord was speaking to me the other day, and he's been telling me for quite some time, get rid of everything, get rid of everything. So I'm going to do that. Any icons or God says don't bring an abomination into your house, any icons, any images of, of, of people, creeping things, crawling things, get rid of it. Yes. It brings a lot of pressure into your house. Okay, well, we love you and God bless you. you. I love you. God bless. Uh Bye-bye.
Yes, ma'am. Bye. Well, I'll just finish sharing a little bit. I'll be at, uh, in Beaumont at the Spiritual Warfare Conference. I'll be teaching there uh, March the 8th through the 10th. So I encourage you to go to Spiritual Warfare Conference um, or Jim Landry. Pull up Dr. Jim Landry and if you'd like to go. In fact, I'll send out a flyer if, you'll, if you will join my email online. Go to jerrymcgee.com, and there's a place where you can sign up for email. So if you'll sign up, then you'll get a flyer regarding the, the Spiritual Warfare Conference in Beaumont. And then I'm at Lake Hamilton Bible Camp every holiday. The next one will be Easter. And so you can go to lakehamiltonbiblecamp.com and get their schedule. And they have prayer teams that pray for people every morning. I don't know of any place where you can get greater deliverance in America. In fact, we were there to a ladies' retreat last weekend, and it was just amazing. God just fell on people. And the prayer team there are people that are seasoned deliverance ministers, and they are walking uprightly toward the Lord. They're very godly, godly people. Jesus is Lord and master of their life. They don't compromise with the world. And so... You know, you don't just let anybody lay hands on you because if the hands aren't holy, and that doesn't mean the person's perfect, but it means that they're as dead as they know how to be, you can actually get demons transferred to you. So be careful who lays hands on you. Well, God bless you. If there's not anybody else calling in, may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. And don't forget to listen in again on the the uh, first Tuesday of March and the third Tuesday of March and I I will be on Omega Man Radio the second and the fourth Tuesdays in March but I'll send out a flyer so be sure and and contact us and um, thank you for listening in may the Lord bless you Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.